0: This is Here We Are, a family exploration. I'm Michael Kasuth One of my earliest memories is sitting in the back of the car when my mom drives me to preschool. I spent a lot of my time in the car growing up, driving from place to place. We used to play games, and my parents would tell stories to keep us entertained. I could read in the car and not get a headache, but my older brother Charlie always did. I guess I was the lucky one. About a month ago, I went to my parents' house for dinner and started to record a short piece of their oral history. I thought I would ask them questions, and they would tell me stories that I already knew. But as I go over the recordings, I'm learning more to explore who they are, more as people and less as mom and dad. Growing up, we all collect stories from our friends and families. Some are funny, embarrassing, sad. All of them to me have this sort of sacred quality. I started this project as a way to engage with my family's stories, but ended up just getting immersed in the awesomeness and the sanctity of them. I would say that I lost a road, but I think I found something better. First up, my dad, Daniel Kasuth, raised in Warren, Michigan in the 50s and 60s. His family came over from Czechoslovakia to the Michigan Upper Peninsula to work in iron mines around the turn of the century, making me a third-generation American from his side. To start his story, he went back to some of his earliest memories.
1: I remember very distinctly learning that I was going to be going to kindergarten. My mother came home and told me, "You're going to be going to school." It was like holy shit, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, went to Catholic school and did not enjoy it. I was mm-hmm. miserable in Catholic school. I was uh, the brunt of the bullies because I was small and I was shy and you know. But it wasn't until after I got out of eighth grade and went to public school at Butcher, that I I actually made a promise to myself when I left the eighth grade, because by that time I had grown up enough that I I understood what it took to be normal and and thought that I could do it. (laughs) Um, So when I went to Butcher, I made a point of I was going to be normal. And it turned out that for the years that I was in high school in, in Warren, I was part of a clique, and I had friends, and you know we got rowdy, and we got you know we had a good time. It was it was a really great great period of my life. And then of course you know there had been an expectation in my family that we would go to college. My dad and mom, I think, kind of saw that as a kind of a magical thing mm-hmm. that you go to college and everything is good after that. Mm-hmm. And they had no idea what college was about or how to prepare for it or how to guide it or what to expect from it or anything. So I went to college and was like, what is this about? I had no idea. The Vietnam War meant that you'd damn well better be in college or you were going to be shot at. You know? mm-hmm. So that was very difficult.
0: Something that actually struck me about this uh, with both my parents was when I asked them questions about their, what their childhood was like, they both started with uh, when they were really young and went up to the end of college. I'm graduating from college myself in less than a month, and now I'm starting to think, am I at the end of my childhood? Overall, these first two episodes are about my parents' experiences in school and the workforce, and how those experiences have shaped who they are and how I understand them from then to now. The expectations of today are vastly different for me than they were for them, and I am using these as a means to better prepare for this next step in my life. The first ultimate question for the end of a childhood is, what is the stark difference between adulthood and childhood? There must be something, right? But what is for my dad, it was something pretty simple. I dropped out of college
1: once the, the uh, Vietnam threat was removed by the lottery, mm-hmm. and uh, got married. It's like I just it was like the the ticket to being a grown up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the first girl who said yes, we got married. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean,
0: this marriage was to my dad's first wife, Diana, not my mom. He met her later on. Well, I definitely don't think that getting married is the ticket to being an adult today. I do see how there are acquired social actions to take to move on to the next step. I guess for me, it's always been education. There was the expectation in our house that uh, me and Charlie would go to college or pursue some kind of higher education. My dad once told me that even if we wanted to be tradesmen, we would have gone to school for it. For my dad, education wasn't so much a social requirement as it was a way out.
1: Yeah, so then I I ended up going back to college once it made sense. You know, I was working at Ajax, forging and casting as a maintenance guy, Mm -hmm. and, you know, getting my finger cut off. You know, well, let's, let's go to college.
0: All my life, my dad has valued education. He and my mom spent huge amounts of their income on private schools for me and my brother. My grandfather, while having tons of natural intelligence, was not able to attend school and became a bricklayer after being labeled as uneducable, which I guess was just a thing they did back in the 20s. Me and Charlie received the best education we could have, and it opened up many doors that my dad and grandfather would never even known they were there. This strong value in education and the story on his college experience severely contradicted themselves to me. It led me to ask, why carpentry? Also, a slight auditory apology. I can't remember a dinner with my parents where they weren't having a cup of tea with or after the meal, which my mom started to make as we were recording this piece.
1: Working with wood, working as a tradesman, working with building things was tremendous value. That's what dad did. Mm -hmm. That's what he expected us to do as far as expected us to be competent with that sort of thing, to help him. You know, I worked with him from the time I was about 12 years old or so, Mm -hmm. Um, and it those experiences working with my dad were the the few times that I actually felt accepted by him, you know, that I could go out there and work with him and I could actually do what was supposed to be done and I didn't get yelled at for it, you know. Um, I
0: could be successful with him. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I got a lot of reward from doing that kind of work. I should probably make a note that my dad finished school with a degree in English and I am currently studying to become an English teacher. I fully understand this feeling of success while bonding over an idea or activity with your father. Of course, while my dad did not have a clear path from college graduate to professional carpenter, he spent some time in the private sector and did not enjoy it entirely.
1: So I worked for Ajax, then I went to Smith Morris Corporation, the aircraft industry, and I found that I just really didn't like corporate life. Mm -hmm. Um, The intrigue, the politics, the bullshit. Mm It was just, oh, you know. Of course, I was in a management position. And there was a strike, uh, and these people that I had been supervising for the last you know year and a half two years and had a good relationship with all of a sudden they were calling me names across the picket line, mm-hmm. and my sympathies were with them, you know because I was brought up in a blue collar union household, my dad was you know strong union man um, I had a very difficult time with this notion of you know um,
0: I can hear the frustration in his voice. This frustration was one that I noticed at a young age in his work life and left me confused at who exactly this anger was towards. I remember very clearly my dad's distaste for some of the building inspectors in Oakland County where he did a majority of his work. For those who don't know, to do any sort of building or remodeling of homes you need a permit from the local government and the work site needs to be periodically inspected. If the work does not pass the inspection, my dad could become behind on his work and potentially lose money. He's also perfectionist and, on principle, does not make many mistakes with his work. Trust me. So when an inspector did not pass him, this anger would come up. This wasn't the kind of conservative, government-doesn't-belong-on-my-work-site kind of anger. He definitely made it clear that there was a system in place to make sure that good, safe work was being done, and people who worked without permits were clearly not professionals like him. This was an anger at a misuse of power. Often, the inspectors would know that my dad's well-being relied on their sign-off, and I think would try and make him feel inferior for it. I remember very clearly him literally shaking his fist in the car at an inspector who did not pass him, saying how smug he was about it. So next, he took a leap. I quit
1: and went home told Diana that uh, I quit my job, and she was like, what are you going to do now? And you know, we still have a mortgage, right? And so the most natural thing for me to do was to fall back on doing carpentry and stuff. I had you know worked my way through college doing roofing and painting and concrete and you know some finished carpentry here and there and so mm-hmm. on. So I started contacting people who had you know because I'd been fixing up our house. People mm-hmm. were always saying, "Oh wow, you should you know go to business." So I called them up and say, I'm going into business. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but it was a temporary thing. It was like i'll do that until I can figure out what I really want to do. Mm-hmm. you know um, and I think that I always had in mind that I would end up somehow as a professor or something. Mm-hmm. you know that was my my kind of what I really saw myself as. but you know there's the pathway to being a professor wasn't clear to me. Mm-hmm. you know I didn't know how to go about doing that. Mm-hmm. And it was already kind of late. In my mind, it was late. You know, I already had graduated from college and not done anything with it. And so I was this carpenter. And I, you know, I enjoyed doing the work as far as it went. And the only frustration was I didn't make any money at it. Um, We struggled with that. I
0: struggled with that for years. Uh, The marriage fell apart. Um, I can remember really clearly when I realized my dad didn't want to be a carpenter. Growing up, I never thought about alternatives to my dad's profession. Does any kid think that their parents' jobs were options to them? I thought that when he joked that he was still thinking about what he wanted to be when he grew up, that was the end of the joke. It wasn't until my brother was in college, receiving an award for some academic success, that I realized my dad had other, larger dreams. We were sitting in a large theater at U of M, slightly towards the middle aisle, where a procession of academics dressed in their traditional robes and funny hats walked down towards the stage to start the ceremony. A man who was about the same height and build as my dad went by, and he caught our eyes where we sat. My dad turned to me and, smiling slightly, said, "'That's what I would have liked to do.'" I could hear the self-disappointment and shame in the sentence, the sting of potential unrealized and departed. I think that for a lot of my life, my father unfairly viewed and painted himself as a failed person, me he was just dad and carpentry was just what he did when he wasn't cooking dinner or reading a dense looking book but to him all that meant was that he was making a living doing something he didn't care that much about perhaps he saw the work as below him or he felt that he wouldn't be stuck there if he had just made other choices maybe it was just the feeling of being stuck that he didn't like there were of course aspects that he did enjoy about being a carpenter
1: and yet, you know, I, I have found self-employment to be yeah, I, it's a mixed bag, obviously, I don't get a pension, uh-huh. I don't get paid vacations, you know, uh-huh. I, I don't get, there's a lot of things that you don't get when you're self-employed, but there's there's a feeling of, you know, it's all mine, you mm-hmm. know, I mean, if, if I have a job, it's because I earned it, mm-hmm. you know, it's there's there's no um, sloughing off, mm-hmm. you know, if yeah. I slough off on a job, I will suffer, mm-hmm. it's very direct, yeah. you know, my success is exactly proportional
0: to my effort. Yeah. Having a job where success is proportional to the effort is a very American exceptionalistic idea. Being in a situation where you succeed if you succeed and fail if you fail seems like an easy task when all you have to do is succeed, right? Well, what about when it isn't so simple?
1: I don't know. Um I've I have really uh, for the most part, I've I don't know, I hesitate to use the word enjoyed. Mm-hmm. Um but I've thrived in many ways. And yeah, I'm prevaricating here, I guess, because it has been tough in some ways. Mm-hmm. You, know? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's not a whole lot of support. That's that's probably the biggest downside to it. You know, mm-hmm. if something goes wrong, it's all on my head. Yeah. You know, sure. I think I have to lay awake nights worrying about how this is going to happen. I don't have a boss that I can appeal to say, you know, well, I need need
0: resources here or anything. Yeah. It's all up to me.
1: Yeah. Um, you know, so. Mm-hmm. I,
0: I can clearly remember days and weeks when there was no sort of thriving for my dad. While there was never violence in our house towards people, there were open displays of rage and frustration. Commonly, there was never enough money or enough time, no matter how hard my parents worked. Bills were long, gas was expensive, and I know that having a family did not help any of it. This was not a common thing when I still lived at home, but it was an aspect of that home that we never forgot. I still know where the marking on the shelf is, where an axe slammed in frustration because we were late for school, the truck wasn't packed yet, and it was snowing. I can still see the gate be kicked and broken after it quickly malfunctioned, working only a few weeks. I can see him building a new gate later, alone. I can still hear the office door slam when the job wasn't going well, and there was too much work to do everywhere else. Luckily, there was a change.
1: It's only been in the last what, five years or so that I've really come to understand that yeah, this is what I do, and it's a good thing, you know, it's like, I, I like doing this, and I'm making money at it, mm-hmm. amazingly, not that I like it, mm-hmm. um, and I, I think it, it really does, that is the sequence, I liked it, and then I started making money, it wasn't like I started making money and said, like, oh, now I like it, mm-hmm. it was more like I came to realize how much
0: I really value this work. Mm-hmm. And once I valued it, I felt each other. I know that my dad went through a period of serious self-reflection and conscious action around five years ago when I was in high school. I cannot speak for him on what changes he made, but I do know that he went back to school and will graduate from a master's program at Oakland University next week. We're all very proud of him, and I think he's proud of himself. The future is still cloudy, however, for what his career will be. I think he is planning on retiring from carpentry soon and Maybe doing some teaching at our local community college which we will be very qualified for so what have I learned from this small bit of history I think that I learned that taking risks following through with your values is vital even if it leaves you down a path you don't always love' got a that'll keep you love
1: mausoleum and we're all just trying to reach the other side
0: This has been Here We Are I'm Michael Suth. Thank you for listening Before I go, I just want to take a second to encourage you all, whoever may be listening, to go and ask the important people in your life questions. I thought I knew my parents well before going into this project, and I was vastly mistaken. Just talking to them for a couple hours, I learned more about their past than I ever thought I could, and all it takes is the right questions. Our stories are really, they're all we have, and to share them is an act of love. So, thank you for listening.